All right, here's what you're going to get. It's going to be a cruise podcast coming at you. I know you're wondering what we're going to talk about. So this is a little coming off the heels of one we just did the other day. That one was a makeup one. We've been through this already. But yeah, I'm going through it again. So we did the makeup show and that was dropped, as the kids say. Maybe what was that, Saturday? So I didn't want to just put another one right on you on the Tuesday without giving you a chance to digest. So what we did here was wait a, del- wait a day for a delay for a Wednesday release of this one. And then we will be back on track next week. In this episode, it's going to be email heavy. You guys came through. Well, it's not that, you know, there's a ton of emails per se based on, uh, you know, just the influx. But we've been away for a minute. There hasn't been. uh, So we were able to compile a little bit. Uh, We also want to talk about Carnival uh, in terms of sailing from Virginia. And we also want to talk about the Venezia their new cruise ship we also have a crazy story about a gentleman a former olympian a paralympian who was blind and was asked to get off to disembark a virgin voyages cruise ship so i got an idea how about we start the show oh we back for another one right <laughs> bags are packed hey tommy you ready let's go we going in hey it's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking. You can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go. Cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. Coming to you not quite live from the K Compound. Down here in sunny South Florida, Boca Raton, to be exact. I can't tell you how happy I am to have you here. My name is Tommy Casabona. I am your host. Again, things things are hanging in there. You know what I mean? I know that we were away for a little while, and I do have to apologize. We missed that show from last week, but I do feel like right now we'll be back in action. We'll be back on track. Uh, I do want to address, you know, last week there was a little controversy regarding the name of the show. And you guys know, this was this is all supposed to be in good fun. We are out here, like I said, as cruise pundits, as uh, c- content creators. We're not. There's zero absolutely, spoiler alert, it's absolutely zero chance that we all look at cruising and whether it's from a guest experience standpoint whether it's from a corporate standpoint anything from the travel side of it uh policy procedure it's a inevitable impossibility for us to kind of look at things with the same lens we're all going to see things this different way and uh yeah i think part of the fun is getting a little animated about it and having some fun with it and i think that's all that was so uh you know i wasn't i could tell you guys I'm a fan of pretty much everybody who does this stuff. I told you who I'm fans of. You know, there seems to be a lot of people out there now. I don't necessarily have a huge familiarity with all of them. But the ones I do like, the OGs, the ones that have been doing it for the years, and the ones that you've heard me interact with regularly... I could not be more fans of these people. So what I'd like to do is get right into a couple of, I guess, sort of news stories. And then we'll go into emails because I said in the cold open, we do have a good amount of emails and we'll let those ride. By the way, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you would like to be a part of the show. And uh, not only do I encourage and ask you to do that, I absolutely need you to do that because that's what the people want. That's what the people want to hear. And we're going to we're going to start out by talking about Carnival. Carnival, what they are going to do is basically double their sailings from Virginia. And I don't know if you are uh, familiar 
or you spent much time in Virginia, I can remember the first time I went to Virginia, it was back, wait, hold on, this is not the wake-up show. Uh, let me cut myself off right there. We'll talk about that later, uh, later tonight, actually. Carnival is looking to cruise consecutively from Norfolk from May through October, and this is going to be an apparent first step towards the cruise line running year-round departures starting in 2025. Now, Carnival executives and local Norfolk City officials are on the same page and that serious improvements are going to need to be made uh, infrastructurally before this happens and those discussions are in place right now uh, starting in 2023 the port in Norfolk which is called Half Moon Cruise Center will welcome its highest number of cruise passengers to the tune of about 100,000 guests now these sailings are currently on sale and they do include voyages lasting anywhere from 4 to 10 days all across the eastern seaboard, including the Eastern Caribbean, the Bahamas, Bermuda, and that Canadian New England run. The plan is to make Carnival Magic the workhorse for this project. She's going to be able to head down that way since her services will no longer be needed in New York City as former Costa cruise ship the Venezia heads over from to the Big Apple in early summer of 2023. So that's going to happen. That's exciting stuff. And everybody wins in that regard because, again, I would not rule out sailing out of Norfolk, Virginia. I look at when I'm planning my sailings out of New York, if I'm in that area, of course, I look at New York and uh, Cape Liberty, New Jersey, first and foremost. But I do not ever rule out Boston. I don't ever rule out Baltimore, and I don't rule out Norfolk, Virginia, when there is a nice ship and a good cruise itinerary sailing from there. But I would like to use that story to segue right into another one regarding the Venezia and her debut in the Big Apple. Now, reservations have just gone on sale for that shiny new Italian ship out of New York, and her journey is going to go something like this on May 29th of 2023. On a cold night in Barcelona. I'm just kidding. It's probably going to be a warm night. Uh, she will do a 15-day transatlantic from Barcelona to New York. And all summer long, she will alternate four, five, six, and eight-day sailings to Canada, New England, Bermuda, the Bahamas, and the Caribbean. Here's the cool part. Because Carnival has been sitting out the winter season a lot lately. You, you used to be able to get a Carnival cruise ship all the way through, you know, deep into the winter. Lately, that hasn't been the case when you're talking about sailing from New York City. But beginning in late September now in 2023, she's going to start operating 8 to 12 day sailings to the Eastern and Southern Caribbean as well as the Bahamas. Here's the really cool thing as well. When she does her 9 day sailing, she's going to feature Miami as a port of call. I've always said that. I've always said, why don't they ever just stop in Miami? Because there's so much to do there as a port of call from New York or New Jersey or Boston or whatever. And I know they do very, very rarely, very occasionally, but this is going to happen. This is going to happen regularly with these nine-day sailings out of New York. I'm telling you, Carnival has a real opportunity here if they capitalize and kind of push that whole Italian thing. There's a very, very loyal Italian contingency in the New York, uh, New Jersey, that whole tri-state area. If they play on the Italian thing, if they get the food right, if they market in the right places, Carnival has a really, really good chance to have that ship selling all year. And they probably know that, I would say. They've already saying Carnival with a twist of Italian fun, whatever, however they're putting it. But yeah, they do have a great opportunity, and I think they'll do a good job with that. So kudos to Carnival, and it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. Because then they get to take the Carnival Magic and put it in Virginia. And, you know, ideally, that's a little bit of a hole. You know what I mean? It's a long way from Florida to New York. Yeah, I know they have South Carolina. I know they have Baltimore. But in that little Virginia corridor there, I would imagine that, you, especially with a ship as nice as the Magic, and you're running some really good, you know, not just Bermuda, not just Florida, Bahamas. You're running some really cool itineraries all the way to the Eastern Caribbean. I think that is a definite, definite opportunity for them. So good for them. All right. So we have a very interesting story out of Virgin Voyages. Now, this involves a blind solo travelers, a traveler. He also happens to be a former Paralympian 
for Canada. What happened was he went to go enjoy a nice Virgin Voyages cruise on the Scarlet Lady, and two gentlemen came over while he was already on board, while he was already checked in, and dare I say he was enjoying his second drink. Two staffers approached him and told them, we are sorry, you have to step off the ship. We are not able to accommodate you. Initially, the explanation was very, very simple. This was just because of safety issues. There was a solo guy on board. He was drinking and he was blind. And I don't know if this was really well thought out, but this is what happened. They were nice enough to help him off the ship, get him a hotel back in Miami, and apparently he did book this through a travel agent. The travel agent made it very, very clear in writing that he was blind and traveling solo. Now, this gentleman's name is, he was a former swimmer with the and, and a flag bearer for Canada, uh, mind you. And his name is, uh, wait, what's his name? Donovan Tildesi. Tildesi, Tildesi, Donovan Tildesi. So on Sunday, Tildesi did get another call back from Virgin Voyages saying that there was a misunderstanding, a miscommunication, and they should not have kicked him off this cruise. So they offered him a flight back to Honduras to rejoin the cruise and pay for the entire trip. So he got the cruise included, and yes, he did take them up. He went out. He went to Honduras. He was a little upset that he missed the first couple of days of the cruise, but at the end of the day, if you're going to be able to get back on board the ship on the cruise line's dime, why not? And you enjoy the rest of the cruise on the cruise line's dime. So we do have a statement from Virgin Voyages, and they said, we know it needs to be done to prevent this from happening again, and we are equally committed to making things right. The safety and well-being of our passengers will always be our top priority, and while this was done out of abundance of caution, we take full responsibility for the situation, and we're grateful for the chance to make things right. So, I guess grateful means that he took you up on this. Now, this could have went a different way. If he did not take you up on this offer, who knows? Maybe there could have been litigation. Maybe there could have been bad publicity. But he did. The guy was a good sport. Kudos to Donovan. Uh, supposedly, I, I was reading up on him a little bit. He's an avid traveler. He's a skier. He's a world traveler. And he's done it all, uh, all, all while being blind and a solo traveler. So... A little Virgin Voyage cruise was not going to be much of a challenge to him. This guy gets it. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, do you fault the cruise line? Let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. How bad of a screw-up was this from Virgin Voyages? I'd like to know your opinion on it. I just, I know, you know, intent. Again, I always say it. I measure intent. And I don't think, you know, it wasn't like Virgin Voyages, who I can tell you is very, very inclusive of their entire party, of their entire, I guess, passenger base. If you're on that ship, the staff works 24-7 to try to make sure that you're having a good time. So it wasn't a thing where, well, we got to get this, uh, we got to get this guy off the ship because, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad image to have a guy who can't see. That was not it. They were really, really worried about the safety. So, you know, anyway, uh, Tildesi, he seemed to take the situation very, very well. He was very understanding, but he did have a cautionary piece of advice for the cruise line. And he is quoted as saying, this also presents a real coachable moment for people in the travel industry and for cruise ships in general. Just because somebody can't see doesn't mean they aren't a competent traveler. You've got to walk the walk. It's not good enough to say on your website that you have fully accessible ships with braille on your elevator. You have to have a strategy in place for when that passenger gets on your ship. And that is a phenomenal point, right? You know, there is probably a checklist. I always say that, whether it's in my restaurant business, uh, whether it's in anything. There is a big, big difference between being prepared and imagining scenarios, having backup plans versus checking boxes. Checking boxes is basically what is going to freaking wreck this world because yes there always should be policy there always should be procedure there always should be checklists but if we're going to act like robots and say well i checked the list yeah i got look i got the braille on the elevator what else do i have to do now you got a guy who's blind who's on the cruise ship and we're not sure if we're set up 
properly infrastructurally not to be able to accommodate this guy and any special needs that he might have. But apparently, again, cooler heads prevailed. Everything was good. Somebody stepped in, let them know that he is a very experienced traveler. And it sounds like this is uh, like, like just like Donovan said, a coachable moment. All right, we're going to hear from Morgan real quick, and then we're going to get into your emails. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time, and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo, with friends, or your entire family, always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it, we are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you, over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say, it's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebooked.com right now. And let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. And if you would like to participate in the show, there is an opportunity for you to do that. All you have to do is email Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, corrections, we would love to hear them. We'll read it loud and clear. We'll put it on the air. We'll say your name and it'll be great. It'll be great, just like some of those who you're about to hear. Also, I would like to remind you that we do have a Facebook group. It is called the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge. It's a group on Facebook, and it's where we interact. It's where we build our community. It's where we post pictures, answer questions, help each other out, and just basically celebrate the passion that we all have for the vacation form of cruising. So if you guys have any interest in that, please always be booked cruise and travel lounge. You just have to join because it's a closed group. I will let you right in. You'll behave yourself and we'll have a great time. It's going to be good. Also, there is an Instagram account for always be booked. And it's just that always be booked. Check it out on Instagram. It's very difficult. Instagram has become crazy. I remember the early days. A good pick would be a, a good post would have no problem getting 100 likes back in the day now you got to struggle for those 20s 30s 40s but uh you can help with that if you go on my instagram always be booked and you can uh double tap on things that you like whether it's a reel whether it's a story whether it's a post in general comment all those types of things help us get seen by more people and helps this always be booked train from uh you know derailing which we don't expect it to anytime soon. And uh, also, we have a Patreon. What is Patreon? Patreon is a show that I do every single day of the regular week, which is called The Wake Up Show. It's about a half hour. What I do is I try to start your day with a little positivity. We talk about anything, cruise news. We talk about regular news. We talk about personal stories. We talk about this is where, like in the old days on this particular show, I used to go off the rails a lot more than I did uh, than I did back uh, than I do now. And uh, I kind of put that on the side of the wake up show. When I do go off the off the rails, it's there. So if you like that type of thing, I may say some things uh, that I know I might get less in trouble for if they are behind a paywall. What that is, is eight an eight dollar a month commitment. That's eight dollars a month. What is that? $2 a week, two, four, six. Yeah, $2 a week. And that's a show every single day. I prep for the show. We start each of those shows off with kind of like, you know, we pick a five or six ports a call and we tell you what cruise ships are there. So we could celebrate the start of the day at that particular part of the world with the right cruise ship. We say what time the sun is going to come up. And then we talk about a couple of the ships that may or may not be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean uh, or just in a, in a, in a, 
basically you know transversing the Pacific wherever it is and we talk about how you know where the sea conditions are and we kind of extend out a sailor's prayer to them so we do a lot of nuanced stuff over there and uh, it's a tight knit community over there we have a Facebook group for that too it's called the uh, wake up shake up show on uh, Facebook that's a group too you can join that group without even having to be a what we call a megacone and that is those people who made the eight dollar commitment it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash always be booked patreon.com slash always be booked youtube we're on youtube as well and as morgan told you really humming along with the travel side of things i have more uh, cruises booked as a travel agent right now than I have had at any time. And honestly, it's kind of a pleasure. I was always a little nervous about the travel agent side of it. I would get it done. I would always get it done because the worst case scenario, my biggest issue, if I ever had to book you and there was an issue, I would have to call the cruise line. But I'm finding myself still having to crawl the cruise lines for issues that I come upon, which I haven't come upon before, but I am calling the cruise line less and less. Either way, you have somebody representing you. You have me as well giving you any type of advice that you would want regarding ports of call, uh, the highlights of the ship, uh, tricks and things that I would say that you should do and do's and don'ts of cruising. Uh, so that's that's what the advantage is over you know, me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more helpful in the decision-making process on which cruise to pick because, again, you know, that makes me a little bit of a bad salesman. Because it puts too many options in front of you, basically. And if any any regular salesperson will tell you that leads to indecision, leads to no decision. But I don't worry about that. Because I just, at the end of the day, I want you to have the best cruise vacation possible. If that causes you to go back to the drawing board and rethink the whole thing, I am with you and I'm in your corner for that. But yes, I am really getting the hang of this travel agency stuff. And I'm feeling really, really good about it. So... All right, so with that said, let us get into some emails. Where are we starting here? All right, let's scroll up. Uh, Tommy, it kind of sucks that you had terrible internet during your Explorer cruise. I could never understand how they can charge people for surf and stream when they know darn well it doesn't work as advertised. I have a cruise coming up soon on Wonder of the Seas. It's a six-night, and I have already purchased my drink package. I'm the sort of fellow who basically only drinks beers on the ship, so I'm not getting my full value from the deluxe drink package. My question is, how much was the beer when you purchased them on Explorer? Just trying to do some math to see if maybe I can save some cash on this December cruise. Keep up the great work. Boat drinks. Raymond. Raymond, thank you so much for the email. So as far as the internet goes, yeah, I get it. I, I'm with you as far as them having a lot of balls where they charge you for surf and stream when they know damn, darn well it's not going to work as advertised. The only thing I'll say about that is I've never had internet this bad on any cruise ship. I've never had this much of a problem. It's never been this bad, and I've, and I've, I've, I've really bought it without even thinking twice i booked this cruise without thinking twice because on any ship even the carnival paradise no matter what it was i never found myself in any trouble trying to book now they have different stages yes if you don't get the full-on streaming you can't stream if you don't get the streaming package but if you get the streaming package that means you have the ultimate strength of internet that that ship offers and when you purchase that no matter what ship you're on you're paying you know close to 150 dollars you're not expecting to have all right so it is at sea you don't expect it to be perfect but this was egregiously bad and they knew it and they admitted it and that's why i did get a refund so you have a cruise coming up and it's on the wonder of the seas it's a six-nighter and you purchased a drink package so my question to you would be back raymond why would you purchase the drink package if you're a beer drinker and you don't think now if you're a heavy beer drinker you could absolutely get your money's worth from this drink package it, it, it could be worth it but you know you're saying basically uh, I am not getting my full value from the deluxe drink package. You still could. You still could. Now, to answer your question, beers were ranging from like nine fifty or eight fifty to ten fifty, from what I saw. I got Dos Equis and I think they were like nine seventy five or something like that. I tried the Newcastle early. The Newcastle just didn't work for me. 
I don't know. Is it? I used to enjoy Newcastle. I'm not sure if it's because over the years I've grown a little bit more of an affinity to the IPAs. And the IPAs, while you know they're not everybody's cup of tea, they are very robust. They are full of flavor. And then maybe when you go back to even though you look at a brown ale like a like a Newcastle, it's a it's an amber, right? It's an amber, and um, you're expecting a good flavor pop out of that. You're expecting a good on the back on the back end of your tongue, on the back end of the taste buds. That last swallow, you're expecting that little kind of whether it's a bitter or like a I don't know, like expecting some malt there, but you don't really get it with the Newcastle. I was getting it much more and enjoying much more when I had the uh, new when they had the Dosekis. So that's that. So again, so about just figure. Let's let's just round it to ten dollars a beer. You know, you're gonna have to drink what? You're gonna have to drink eleven, twelve beers a day on average to make that worthwhile. But you could do it. You just got to focus, but you're on the wonder of the seas. That is going to be an amazing cruise on an amazing ship. So congratulations and have a good time, Raymond. Uh, Tommy, this email is long overdue, but as promised from the CDG airport, here it is. I have been a longtime listener of the show, and I want to express my gratitude and appreciation, not just for the information and the laughs, which are always appreciated, of course, but a huge thank you for being able to create such a safe but fun space on social media that allows people to feel a sense of community and bond over something we all love and enjoy and not tolerating any of the negativity that is bound to find its way into every situation. It's always a good time in the ABB community and has provided with countless amounts of inside jokes we learn to use and love. Now, I don't know about these shorter shows you were talking about, but I will just trust your vision. Thank you for being you, and I wish you all the success in every venture you have. CCB. CC. Been looking forward to this email. Me and CC have been back and forth a little bit uh, on direct message talking about some of the goings-on in the room and in any room, listen, as you grow, like let's just talk Lolita Loca, for example. I don't know how Tony does it or I don't know how Jenny does it because uh, there's a there's a term. It's called when in masses people, a, a saying, an expression, when in masses people are asses. And that could not be more true. It's it's just is what it is. The subtlety of people's opinions when they put it down and then the reaction to those opinions and then the reaction to that reaction, the entitlement that that creeps its way into every really, really large group, we have been very, very fortunate. Now, we've teetered on it a little bit. We've had some negativity. I try not to tolerate it. And I try to just basically say to people, hey, this is a uh, this is not a democracy, this group. If I sense, you know, you're not guaranteed free speech in this group and I will do everything I can to give you that free speech. But somebody's got to make the decision when somebody's crossing a line or saying something that could kind of garner negativity, that could get a bad reaction. And I've been I've been yelled at and I've had uh, a lot of people that I feel very close to get pissed off at me over the years because of uh quote unquote some of the censorship that I put up but somebody's got to make the decision and somebody's got to be the person who I guess deems something inappropriate or negative and it is a very very difficult situation to be in and I got a group that's pushing 2000 guests and uh that's why I say I don't know how someone like Tony does where I don't know what he's up to 20 20 30000 more than that I don't, I don't know what is what is Lolita Loca up to but it's a great group, and uh, they do a great job over there of managing it. Uh, you just got to try to do the best you can to keep it keep it sane, and I do not want any type of hate speech, any type of abuse, any type of personal insults or attacks. We do break chops. We do break balls, and every time we say that, there is a fine line to it. Where do I let it stop at? Personal attacks, basically. If somebody's if somebody has a back and forth with somebody where they're both kind of joking, I get it. That's fine. But if I know damn well that you know Robbie doesn't know Susie at all from a hole in the wall, and he's going to start making fun of something about her, whether it's a clothes, whether it's a choice of you know itineraries, whatever it is, I'm going to step in and shut that down. 
You know what I mean? Again, and I may miss a couple of times. I may be wrong in the areas that I go to do that, but I got to go with what I, you know, hopefully just the fact that I am ruling my intention is to rule justly, but I will unfortunately have to rule nonetheless on certain things. I don't want to use the word rule. It sounds like a, a dictatorship, but you know, do the best we can on here. Tommy, I'm the type of person who, if I'm not 10 minutes early, I am late. Yes, I think it's a big deal to be on at 4.40 instead of 4.30 because the crew has things to do to get ready to leave. Please be back on time, Mark. Mark is always a ray of sunshine in the group. Mark is one of those guys who comes on and when he makes a post that's just overly positive and everybody kind of gravitates towards Mark sparkly and uh, a sweet and cheery personality all the time. Uh, so for that reason, Mark, I will grant you that. I will do the best I can to follow your instructions and be on the ship uh, early, earlier than the ship time is telling us to be on because everybody knows that in the past I have uh, done the whole peer running thing or I guess pushing the limits of when they will actually let you on the ship. I do that for a specific purpose. Yes, there's a little bit of thrill-seeking. Yes, I can tell you 100%. This is the other thing with the peer running. You know, maybe some of you, it's you who are listening. You know where to be. You know where to position yourself when the ship is about to leave port so that you can get a good view of the peer runners. And then you'll look down at the peer runners in disgust. Maybe sometimes you'll yell, but you'll just have that celebratory moment with whoever you're cruising with. Oh, look at them. What a disgrace. Look at how awful they are. I've seen people yell at peer runners who were actually early for the ship, who didn't know they were early for the ship just because they were grading on a curve and they happened to be the last person on. Right? If everybody got back by four... And then the sh all aboard time was 4.30 and there were some stragglers at 4.25. I've seen people yell, everybody's on the ship. We're waiting for you. Hey, jerk off. The guy has another five minutes anyway. Anytime I've, and believe me, I've run some piers and I've pushed the limits. Nobody has an over, like, you, do you have an example? Do you know an officer that said, you know what? I love my job. I love sailing the high seas. Carnival Cruise Line, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian. They give me these opportunities to travel the world. I love it. They pay me well. I learn languages. I interact with a diverse uh, set of coworkers. But the one thing that makes this job terrible, the one thing that's unbearable, all these peer runners, you, would you believe I have to make a phone call to the room if they're 10 minutes late? Every time I've gotten back to the ship, they have been laughing and smiling. I will promise you one time that they ran with me. They didn't have to run. They got their walkie-talkie. I see them. Okay, they're here. Yes, all right. And I said, let's run the pier. And then I start running the pier. And the reason they run is because there is an exhilaration to it. The other ship that's on the other side that's not yours, as well as yours, everybody in the balcony, they're cheering. And then if the peer uh, officer, the cruise ship officer, runs with you, he gets to tell himself that they're cheering for him because he's pushing us to get back on the ship. So everybody wins with a good peer run. The people on the, on, the, on the deck get to thumb their nose at the peer runners, which is why they're sitting there in the first place. They position themselves on the balcony right at the time of sail away just so they can peer run watch it's like bird watching they do it on purpose and i promise you those people that yell at us for peer running if there was no peer runners mark if there was no peer runners they would be disappointed because they got nobody to yell at it's the scarface mentality you need people like me say good night to the bad guy tommy do you have any anecdotal evidence of a crew and passenger romance on any cruise you have been on have you ever seen anything or heard anything? No, and that's from Daniel. Daniel, what's going on? Um, Dancy. Dancy is their uh, moniker for as a couple, Daniel and Nancy. Shout out to them. So, Daniel, I do not recall seeing. Oh, uh, yes. Cr not crew and passenger. No. Uh, crew and crew. We hung out with the band one night, all night, and then the woman named Melinda, Belinda, 
after the show, she decided to hang out with us. And then she told me she wanted to walk us past the gift shop so she could point to the guy in the gift shop that she was kind of having a having a romp with. Uh, that, that happens. The only thing I did was get an email from somebody way, way back. And who was it? Who was it way, way back in the day? They were a passenger. And apparently... When you are an entertainer on the ship, you are not held to the same standards as you would be if you were specifically a crew or an officer. Okay? So if you were on if you were one of the regular cruise ship staff members like an officer or a crew member, that is absolutely forbidden. But if you are a hired entertainer, I heard that there are different rules for the hired entertainers and I'm sure it's frowned upon. I'm sure it's not good. I don't know if you're immediately asked to get off the ship if you're found out to be quote-unquote coning, but I do know that there are uh, looser regulations. And I had a listener email me and tell me that they had a philandering with one of the singers on board, and they didn't really have to hide it as much. That's as far as it goes, as you put it anecdotally, that I could tell you regarding a certain situation like that. Tommy, the new Yeti microphone sounds great. Audio is perfect through my earbuds. Hey, you are killing it on the wake-up show. Keep the banter coming just like you were doing. I really like it when you talk about some of the bartender tricks. It could be how you make a particular drink or how you prep the glass or even the ice chips in a gin martini. My wife and I love the Alchemy Bar on Carnival Ships and see how popular that place is well people uh watch all that cool drink making there's a ceremony to it and it's a great show you can weave together great stories around a single type of drink and i love that because i've spent because uh, of the time i've spent at the alchemy bar and i've tried to make some of the more simpler drinks myself usually not so good versus professional drink masters hey hey that whole story about being a Yankee at a Yankees game, the last game at the stadium, well, I'm not even a baseball fan, but that story was so good about the emotion you were going through. That stuff really makes your show great. Keep killing it, buddy. Bob. Bob, thank you so much. This, I guess this email is a little bit more geared towards the Wake Up Show on Patreon, patreon.com slash booked. $8 a month, five extra shows a week. Uh, so thank you, Bob. But yeah, so the... the I was using that microphone just once, and it is a very, very good, it's probably bang for your buck, the best mic you can get, that Yeti. Uh, it's just maybe around 100 a little bit more than $100, and I use it because it's a um, direct-to-the-laptop microphone. I don't need a mixer. The problem with the Yeti is that it is a direct-to-laptop microphone, so you can't integrate things. Now, it is not as high of quality as the microphone that I'm using right now, which is the S. SMB 500, I think it's called, from Shure. And uh, you just have to, you know, if you adjust this microphone properly, it is the one of the industry standard microphones that people use in podcasting. You'll see it on the Joe Rogan show. Uh, it's just a matter of, am I, you know, using it properly? I think it sounds pretty good. I think I got it close. But the Yeti is very, very good, and it's a very, very good portable uh, microphone to take on the road. As far as the drinks go, so you wouldn't want to put ice chips in a gin martini. First of all, a real martini doesn't have ice in it at all. It has the regular, uh, and I'm just, you know, Bob, you're saying you're into the cocktail, so I'm kind of, you know, learning you a little bit on it, I guess. A gin martini up is basically an ice drink. You could either shake it or stir it, but then you pour it and strain it into a cocktail glass, a.k.a. martini glass, without any ice whatsoever. Now, if you order it on the rocks, that's a different story. Martini on the rocks is a thing as well. But you would not use ice chips. The ice chips, uh, yes, man, I will tell you, and yes, I do. So while you say, Bob, that you love the craft cocktail movement and you like uh, watching the, I guess, construction and the building of these drinks... As a bar guy, as a drinker, as an operator, I think it's too much. I think it's gone crazy. And this is just us kind of two guys talking right here. This is just disagreeing. I just think that the, we're really out here just trying to trying to catch a buzz, right? I mean, for the most part, I get there is a market for upscale craft cocktails. 
And what that has come with was like when I learned how to bartend back in the day, I received a certificate from the New York School of Bartending. The harder thing back then was that you had to learn the names of so many drinks. So back then, what happened was, and that was in the 90s or whatever, you had to learn a woo-woo, a, 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 a screwdriver, a uh, um, a sidecar, a sea breeze, a bay breeze, a, everything, the, um, a grasshopper. Uh, they, they, you can go on and on and on with the amount of drinks you had to learn just by name. And that was a pain in the ass in itself. But then it got through the 2000s to where you didn't necessarily, all those kind of drinks fell out of fashion. And it was just, hey, give me a Captain and Coke. Give me a Jack and Coke. Give me a vodka Sprite. give me And then most of the, yeah, there still were some of the drinks out there. And they were mostly by shots. Shots had funny names. But most of the drinks that you would drink, you would just call out what you want to drink. You know what I mean? Nobody was drinking. A, if somebody ordered an Alabama Slammer today. Or a woo-woo today, it would be like, what the hell are you talking about? You know? So there was a period where that went away and it was a very, very easy time in bartending. But then it picked up again and I would say probably around 2014, 2015, the craft cocktail era really started to pick up. And that made it very complicated to where you had to do acrobatic tricks behind the bar to get these drinks out. Somebody orders, somebody orders an old fashioned, you know, get a Snickers because you're not going anywhere for a while. A, a smoked old fashioned, which is the one that's in fashion now. And yes, that in that regard, if you're a true crew craft cocktail style place, you have maybe five or six different ice cubes. And for me, it's like, really? How, who am I? That I got to have nutmeg scraped over my drink. I got to have cinnamon sticks lit on fire. And then, or I got to have wood planks set on, set ablaze while you pre-smoke my drinking glass. So that then you can get a specifically made ice cube and take tweezer or, or tongs and put, it's, it's out of control to me for the old fashions and all that stuff. But I do understand it. That's what people want nowadays. And Bob, you seem to like the whole, I guess, I know what you're saying. It does make a scene. It does make sense when you see there's like a ritualistic type of a vibe when people are making those cocktails. It's just, I'm standing there with my $20 bill and I want my freaking goose and soda. And I got to watch these bartenders do backflips. All right, put in a vitamin C tab while you rub my back, spin around three times, and then freaking then strain it back into a cocktail, put three different trees in it. Dude, we got to take, <laughs> we had to buy a fruit dehydrator. For what? What is that doing? If I have a fruit, fruit dehydrator that I purchase, and I'm slicing lime and lemon wheels, and then I put that in there to where the next day it becomes like a dried up, piece of there's no flavor coming out of it there's no taste coming out of it you're drying fruit overnight just for visual appeal on a cocktail and you have to do it like you can't not have dehydrated fruit if you're going to call yourself a correct craft cocktail place it's just a little crazy to me i love a cucumber martini just like anybody else from the alchemy bar that's my favorite drink in the alchemy bar the cucumber but you can do it without you know again rule of thumb if the drink takes longer to make than it takes for me to drink it, I think we went too far. But, uh, Bob, you didn't ask for all that. <laughs> I gave, I just gave you, again, my opinion on craft cocktails. But uh, the Yankee game, yeah, that was a story. That's a Patreon thing. That's what you get on the Patreon. And, yes, I, I did not expect when I turned on the microphone that night, a couple of nights ago, to do that Yankee story, I did not expect to shed an emotional tear on my uh on my Patreon, on the Wake Up Show, but here we were doing just that. Uh, keep killing it, buddy. Thank you, Bob. Bob, thank you so much for the email. I really appreciate it. Uh, you've been around for a while, so I appreciate all the uh, all the time you've spent listening to the show. Hi, Tommy. Hope all is well. Love the show. My wife and I are headed out on a cruise in March and making stops in Georgetown, Grand Cayman, Ocho Rios, Jamaica, and Cozumel. I'm curious of what your favorite destination and cruise excursions have been over the years. Also wondering if you have any recommendations for the excursions for the spots I noted. So I guess we've been in a theme where repeating myself a little bit. I don't know. It's I'm not against repeating myself sometimes because of the fact that I know that there's new listeners 
And ideally, you know, if I'm telling the same stories or giving the same piece of info, maybe I'm doing it in a little bit of a different way that might garner some appreciation from the people who may or may have may have, may not have caught it previously. Uh, but in this regard, so my favorite destinations are usually the Eastern Caribbean, whether it's St. Thomas, St. Martin or San Juan. I also have a lot of affection for Aruba. I also have a lot of affection for Jamaica. Cozumel, I like. I think there's a few things in Cozumel that are one and dones, but are some of the most beautiful things you could ever do. But getting back to you, your, uh, did you say what cruise ship you're on? No, you didn't say what cruise ship you're on. Maybe let me know. Uh, and this is from Jeff. <clears throat> so Georgetown Grand Cayman, Georgetown Grand Cayman, Jeff, this place, Grand Cayman, is all about Stingray City. It is a quick little boat ride out to a sandbar where the stingrays just come in and they show up. They're friendly. You play with them. It is an up close and personal encounter feeding stingrays. And people rave about this. People say it is if you're going to do one thing in Grand Cayman, this is the thing to do. Another thing you could do in Grand Cayman is Seven Mile Beach. It's an absolutely beautiful beach. People seem to like that very, very much as well. And then when in doubt, if you don't, if the, neither of those two things sound good, do just a regular generic run-of-the-mill island tour and get yourself a lay of the land of the, because at the very least, you get a nice air-conditioned ride, you get an educational experience, and then you get some information on what you want to do next time. I left something out, and uh, I didn't necessarily leave it out because it's also on some of the island tours as well. The Turtle Farm. The turtle, I guess, uh, aquarium, whatever you want to call it, there's a place where they uh, they, they develop turtles. And uh, that's a very, very popular excursion as well on Grand Cayman. There's a lot of bars and restaurants. Rum Beach, I believe, is one somebody said. I looked into it. It looked amazing. But it did look like it was an hour away from the cruise port. So on the northern tip of the island. So Grand Cayman, and also a lot of people talk about how when you said Georgetown, that area, when you get off the ship in Georgetown and Grand Cayman, it is a very, very nice area to walk around, to shop, to check things out. There's a Margaritaville there. And also, last but not least, Grand Cayman is apparently a place that has very good snorkeling and diving and uh, sn scuba diving as well so those are all the things that people like to do in grand cayman from what i've heard ocho rios jamaica is just you know people throw shade on jamaica ocho rios jamaica i just think it's so much to do blue hole diving uh cliff diving you have uh rapids whether you want to go the calm route nice leisurely lazy uh lazy uh tubing ride or you can go white water a little bit more adrenaline filled. They have the gondolas, the bamboo gondolas, where they kind of uh, you sit on the uh, bamboo uh, little raft, and they the 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 tour guide will you know basically stroll you along like like as if you were in I think you're in Venice, uh, that type of thing. You have Mystic Mountain, a sky ride to Mystic Mountain. My favorite, one of my favorite excursions was a trip to the Bob Marley House. Uh, you have a great, great experience there. If you're familiar with Bob Marley's music at all, you see the genesis of a lot of the lyrics to a lot of his songs, and you're seeing it with your own eyes right in front of you from an actual Rastafarian tour guide. If marijuana offends you, that might not be the tour for you. Uh, Bamboo Beach is a very, very popular beach in Jamaica, and I will say the crown jewel with most people, the most popular excursion in Jamaica is Dun River Falls. You do a little joint hike with everybody. And I don't mean joint as in marijuana. I mean everybody's kind of like holding hands and helping each other up these uh these up this waterfall that goes over these rock formations and they call it Dun River Falls and it's very very popular. So that's Jamaica. Cozumel uh, a couple of things. So if you want to chill out and do an all-inclusive, Cozumel is one of the best places to do that. Nachi Kakom or Mr. Sancho's are two of the most popular ones. And then if you want to get ambitious, you take a ferry over to Playa del Carmen and then you sign up for one of the ruins tours. There's three major ones, Coba, Tulum, 
or um, Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza is by far the most beautiful and the most impressive ones, but it's a far, far trip. Get ready for a long day of transportation. Coba is a good one too, not quite as far, but not quite as beautiful, but the advantage to Koba is at the time that I went, they were letting you climb the actual ruins, which was a great feature for me. And then Tulum. Tulum is also beautiful. It's a little bit further than Koba, but it's also you get the proximity to the beach. So that's the advantage there. You do like a two for one. You can go to the ruins and see the beautiful ruins that are proximal to a beautiful beach as well. I always mention a cenote, possibly, you know, swim in an underwater cave. It's beautiful. You see all the limestone and everything like that. So those are the things that I would recommend in the ports that you described. Hopefully that was a little bit of a help. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. Hi, Tommy. I listened to your peer versus tender debate. Here in Australia, we used to we are used to tendering when cruising in the Pacific Islands, and there are a few docks, but no long piers as such. Personally, I would prefer a tender over docking at a pier. It seems like a very long walk on the pier to get where you want to go, whereas a tender will take you closer to where you need to be. Just sit back and enjoy the boat ride. I know it seems lazy, but we're Aussies, and that's kind of how we roll. Well, I don't speak for all of us, but I know lots would agree. I know in the U.S. you get longer tender queues, and it sounds like it's not fun for you. But for us, we are just in cruise mode, like time slows down. Never in a rush to be first on a tender. We just wander down mid-morning and nearly always step straight into a tender and usually come back early in the afternoon before the rush to get back on. Always listening to your show, Brad. Brad from Australia, thank you so much. It, it, I, I love, I get a little tingle, a little warm sensation in my heart from all the people that email when they're from Australia. Uh, and I know we have a little bit of a presence down under, and that means the world to me. And everybody who's listening from Australia know that I appreciate you. Your voice is heard, and your listenership is so appreciated, and Brad is leading the charge today with all of you. Yeah. So the tender, so the, first of all, the pier isn't bad for us. It's, it's just basically the length of the ship typically. And, uh, you know, I, we don't mind getting off the ship and doing that little walk. You get the cute little picture of the cruise ship. And then right at the edge of the pier, yeah, everything's right there for you. I totally get shutting it down on a cruise. I don't necessarily want to be Mr. Go Get It and race to go anywhere. But, yeah, the tendering for me. I just don't like long lines. And you're right. If you do get back a little early, you can beat the rush. But again, with me, with my skin tone, with my lack of patience, standing out in the hot Caribbean sun is just annoying to me no matter how much they run around and give you the water and try to take care of you and help you out. I just get antsy. You know what I mean? I just want to walk back on that damn ship. But what you say makes a good, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And prefer tender over docking i don't know i would say if australia if that's the general consensus in australia that's very very different from here i don't think anybody i think while there's different varying levels of tolerance people have and some people do not mind tendering anywhere as much as me i haven't met the person yet who prefers the tender over docking but brad thank you so much for always listening to the show you are so appreciated um and keep it up man thank you and tell more aussies about us please let us know let us know if you can recruit some more australians from how do you say it brisbane you can't say brisbane right it's brisbane sydney what else is uh what else brisbane sydney uh i know i know i know i know one more there's one more brisbane sydney uh, it's not gonna. It's not. We're not gonna get there. Tommy, your comments on Carnival Cruise Line, spot on. You called it true. Others just made excuses. I love this industry. There's no vacation experience comparable to cruising. I want to see all the players succeed. Going cheap and cutting back won't make a better, stronger company. This misguided austerity cruise plan will only discourage the loyal and potential customers alike. Your truthful opinion may help someone at Carnival see the error. I truly hope other lines don't jump on this bandwagon and slide down the slippery slope. Bet big, win big. Now is the time for big dogs to pony up, not down. 
P.S. Return for a midnight buffet. Return free room service. Return lobster on all shorter night itineraries. Return ice sculptures. The money is out there. You have the hardware. Provide the fantasy. Always booked. Bob's bikes. Fault in you. See, Bob, when you wrote this, I'm like feeling like um, like like a rally, like a like a speech. I love it. It makes so much sense. And you know, I mean, you know, I know it makes sense because I said it too the other day. Bob is referring to my comments on us, you know, me kind of taking some of the other crews, I guess, content creators to task. I don't think any of them are necessarily in the pockets of the cruise line. I think they're just proponents of the industry. And I think they really do mean it. And I think that I think it is true. You know, like I said, I think a lot of their points were accurate as far as how much does this really hurt us? My point is, I don't want to hear about any of it. Don't come at me with things that you're taking away from me. Uh, and what you just said, uh, wait, 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 wait. You said, I truly hope other lines don't jump on this bandwagon. You already heard Royal Caribbean is doing that. They're making changes to their lobster night as well. They they made they made that announcement today on the heels of what Carnival did. So again, we already know about this being a copycat league. One does something. They go out there, they see if they can get get away with it, and the problem is nothing. And I'll be honest with you, here's a coachable moment, a teaching moment for Carnival. <laughs> nothing you did will keep me from cruising Carnival. None of that will have me think twice about cruising Carnival. Yet. Yet. But all we, like I said, everything you just listed, the Midnight Buffet, the free room service, the lobster night on shorter itineraries, the ice, ice sculptures, the, and then there's 20 other ones that they're making changes on that just make us feel a little bit taken for a fool. This was always part of our vacation. Why are you taking these things away from us? It's the principle. Okay? The fact that I cannot order three entrees without paying is not directly going to affect me very much. But the fact that it's out there and now it's a rule and a regulation and now some people it will affect and then that may embolden you to make that uh, change in two years from now to your second entree you have to pay for. It's a bridge, and other cruise lines are going to copy. We've already seen that experiment play out. But, Bob, I really do appreciate this email, and I appreciate your support, as I appreciate everybody's support. Patreon.com slash booked for an extra five shows a week for $8 a month. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash booked. Please email me. Just like any of the emails you just heard, I want you to be part of the show. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Join the Facebook group, which is the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Please give me some love on Instagram and YouTube. Both of them are labeled Always Be Booked. And I appreciate you. And the absolute best way, the best possible way, if you're interested in helping this show out, is to share it with somebody who you think might like cruising, traveling, podcasts in general. I appreciate every single one of you more than you could ever imagine. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away. I love your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down, down in the sand where it's cool Put me down, and when I fall 
of my stool put me down I'll just sleep there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from